Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pistolka, and with me today, I've got Sam Gupta from Elevate IQ. Sam, awesome to see you today. So happy we can have you. Damon, thanks for having me. So happy to be here. Yes. Well, it's going to be interesting today. We're going to have some fun. We got, we're going to talk a bit about some uh, ERP solving challenges with ERP implementations and in manufacturing. And I'm butchering the title. I know I am <laughs> solving manufacturing ERP system and implementation, implementation challenges. There we go. I got it out finally. It was too long for me. You it got it. Three words in, in the <laughs> afternoon. So, but as, as long as have, the problem is being solved, I think we are going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, we will be. We will be. And that's the main thing is we want to try to give people some a, a bit about your your background and history. So, you know, like our show starts out, Sam, tell us a bit about yourself and kind of your journey and how you how you roll into what you've been doing and kind of how it led to today. Yeah. So uh, when I started, I mean, I grew up in a very manufacturing and distribution centric family. Um, so we did not really differentiate between business and family time, to be honest. Uh, okay? OK, in our family, everybody works as soon as they are yeah. on their feet. Um, and I, I think you have similar background, Damon, right? Uh, yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. So so that's how my uh, my really the, the childhood. That's how I grew up. Um, so yeah, so spent a lot of time learning about business manufacturing distribution, um, you know, did a lot of accounting as part of my family business. So by the time I went to university, I just knew too much, uh, too much information in my head, which is good and bad, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so when I went to college, as you know, I did engineering, which could be dry for a person who did business, uh, you know, for living. Yeah. Uh, before your university. So yeah, but I mean, I was really curious about the engineering aspect of, of the problem just because I wanted to understand how world worked and I didn't want to be limited uh, with just my uh, background that, okay, I knew about manufacturing, I knew about distribution, but I didn't know how the other world worked. So that's why I actually went for engineering. I, I really wanted to uh, master that, but then uh, I never wanted to sort of go for engineering. So uh, I was always into business. I mean, so I would probably not fit in, in the engineering environment. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So I uh, decided to uh, work on some of the entrepreneurial ventures uh, as part of my university, try to sell to restaurants, library, a very small, tiny, mini ERP system uh, back in the days, you know, like 20, 25 years back. Yeah. Uh, trust me, I could not feed my family doing that. So then we decided, you know what, uh, this is not worth it because, uh, again, for me, it was not just the pet because I knew how to do the cash flow analysis for a business yeah. and what works in a business. So, yeah, yeah so I wanted uh, some sort of predictable cash flow so that I can, uh, you know, uh, raise my children. I can yeah. have family, I can have employees, but I just could not see myself doing that. I thought, you know what, I have a lot of business background, uh, but I have a lot of learning to do. So that's why I decided to go for 
Fortune 500 Consulting. They liked me because I had a very different background compared to yeah. other folks who were, you know, very bookish. Uh, and in my case, I had a very practical uh, knowledge uh, of the field. Then I had the engineering perspective. So when I went for the consulting, they would put me in every single engagement that was broken. Okay. Yeah. And when I say yeah. broken, broken would mean a lot of different things. Uh, here in this particular case, when you talk about technology, uh, obviously technology can do a lot of things. It can do miracle for you, but it can also fire back him. And as you know, yeah. uh, dealing with a lot of different technology engagement. So my role was really to number one, the basic problem in all of these engagement was, uh, you know, everybody is very siloed. Everybody's thinking, okay, I'm marketing, I'm engineering, I'm accounting, you know, everybody's sort of trying yep. to pull everything in their direction. And because of that, the overall picture of the organization wasn't as clear. Okay. And because of that, you will have a lot of investment, let's say in the marketing department, a lot of duplicated effort. It was a, it was a nightmare. And so, I was going, yeah, go ahead. So when, when you were doing that, was that part of business overall, or was it part of ERP and ERP systems focused? So the consulting company that I used to work for, they were sort of the SI, the system integrator. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. So typically their engagements are going to be very technically driven, uh, right. but typically yeah. they are going to be bridging the gap with the business as well. So they, since business does not, uh, business cannot learn the technology overnight. So it is the oh, technical yeah. people who have to learn the business and figure this out. So for us, it was always, okay, if you don't understand the business, then probably you are not right for, for the job. And that is yeah. probably the reason why they liked my background when I got into this field is because, uh, you know, I had that business attitude. So initially yeah. when they hired me, I did a little bit of programming as well. Um, so yeah, so, um, you know, I did that for some time, but then, I was put into a really, uh, you know, large engagements and in, in, in broken deals, uh, doing yeah. a little bit of pre-sales uh, and then professional services. That is how typically the consulting organization works. Um, yeah. So yeah, so uh, worked in a lot of different environment, um, you name it, logistics, transportation, um, you know, distribution, manufacturing, uh, airline, banking, oh my goodness, all over the place, okay? Uh, wow. So did that for roughly 10, 12 years. Uh, you know, I, I got really good at business. You know, they moved me from, engagement to engagement, just, uh, you know, fixing these engagements, right? Yeah. Uh, and then after roughly 12-ish years when I was done, uh, you know, I was always exploring some of the entrepreneurial ventures in parallel. I just could not see myself doing this sort of ERP company, starting ERP company, because you know how competitive they could be, especially yeah. when you are targeting the larger companies, it's just harder to build a company around that. So then yeah. I was I wanted to explore some of the tiny mini uh, startup ideas. The way majority of these startups were, it could be the the medtech, the martech, the red. So I went after pretty much every single ideas you can possibly imagine in the in the startup space. Uh, failed miserably, okay, in every single of them. Uh, just because I just didn't understand the market, I just didn't understand the industry. I was like this is so cool. I want to go after this. You know, I can do it uh, like any other entrepreneur, right? Um, but then uh, slowly and gradually, once I, I failed enough, I guess, uh, then I realized, you know what, my core is really that manufacturing distribution ERP. And, uh, you know, in this journey, I figured out, you know, how to do sales and marketing, because before that I was involved in larger deals, but I just didn't know how to approach the sales and marketing from the from the scratch. 
So this yeah. whole startup journey actually gave me the perspective, okay, how to penetrate the SMB market. So that's how I, uh, you know, started the Elevate IQ umbrella. Uh, the core focus of Elevate IQ, as you know, is, um, so it's slightly bigger than ERP. Obviously, we are very ERP focused just because of the industry, uh, you know, we are targeting here. So we do a lot of different things from the ERP selection um, to uh, you know the the contract help if the companies need. Uh, we do a lot of integration. Let's say uh, if your CRM is not connected to ERP, ERP is not connected to e-commerce. Uh, you know all of those crazy scenarios, whatever business apps uh, you might have in your environment, whether you are a manufacturer, distributor, retailer, or anybody else, right? Uh, we also get involved in a lot of upgrade or optimization. Majority of the time when we get into any engagement, typically we are noticing that the adoption rate is going to be 20 to 25% of the system. There is going to be a massive duplication between the systems. And because of that, there is going to be a significant effort overall from the admin perspective. If you look at PL, that actually increases your SDNA. Mm -hmm. Okay, and if you keep growing your SGNA and if your revenue is not growing with the same pace, you know, Damon, what is going to happen, yeah. especially yeah. when you are going to sell this business. I don't think anybody is going to buy it. Uh, yeah. And one of the comment that uh, I think, uh, you know, I hosted a couple of folks on my podcast as well from the buy side. And they say that, you know, in these companies and I can completely relate, we put zero dollar on the technology. Okay, yeah. any of the business process technology, because they know that it's not going to be any useful when I'm going to buy it. So typically, that's the situation of the, the typical uh, SMB market. So we work with a lot of different PE companies. Let's say if they have a vision to improvise their, their positioning in the market, uh, Damon, obviously, you know, I would be more than happy to work with you as well because you do uh, similar things in the market too, right? So our goal is to how can we uh, provide far better value from the technology uh, and how can we streamline the business processes so you uh, grow the way you should be growing and your admin effort and uh, these duplicate processes don't become your bottleneck for growth. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's good stuff. So I'm going to stop just for a second. We got Paul Van Meters here today saying, uh, looking forward to discussion. Thanks, Paul. I always forget, too, if you're listening, just go ahead and tell us where you're listening from. It's always cool to see that. Uh, we'll make sure that everyone knows. And we've got uh, we got some of our some of our listeners we hit uh, awful. Uh, they're often listen. Uh, hopefully we see some of you back, too. But let us know if you got questions as well in the comments. We're watching those. Both I'm hitting it on LinkedIn over here. We're hitting it through the other the other channels we're going through as well. Now, you have hit a lot of different things here, Sam. That's the one thing that I think that I don't know if people know quite how much stuff you just hit because I was writing as you were talking and, and there were a lot of things. Now, one of the things that I, I see, I, I personally, and the last one was a long time ago. I'll just say it's been a long time, but I've, I've been through eight or nine, something like that, major upgrades or implementations, right? So, uh, these things are never pretty, it seems like, unless you really plan them out and you really get it done right. I mean, I, I've come into where people have been trying to do it for two plus years and still doing training because they haven't got past the training phase because they, they can't get the training ton, done in time before employees leave and can't, you know, so a, an ERP can be a massive sink and suck of resources and money. And, and on the other hand of that, so your selection, your, your implementation is so key. Yeah. And then you bring up something that I know has got to be killing ERP 
systems and duplicate systems now, and that is the integration because every company now needs to have a CRM. Yep. Every company has, uh, uh, not every company, but many companies are doing business uh, in an ERP type or not an ERP, but an e-commerce type system where, you know, they want their customers to either be able to buy retail online or they yep. want to be able to customers if they're B2B, they might have them logging in online and, yep. and doing their own. They want their suppliers to be connected to their suppliers now or even yep. into their customers to, to monitor inventory from their customer systems to automatically place purchase orders. I had one one of the, the people I worked with a few years ago has mentioned that they get like a million orders a year from one of their customers because they're, yep. they're high volume orders uh, on a daily basis. And and, you know, so these integration, I have to I have to imagine have exploded. And then when you talk about one of the, the last things you talked about, and we're going to cover each one of these, we're going to go back and cover each one is the upgrade. And the upgrade process is no simple task. So yeah. when you're talking, setting out and you're helping people in the selection process, what are some of the key things that you think people overlook that, that um, if they just paid more attention to that it would help them a lot? So one of the problems that we typically notice, especially if somebody is buying the technology for the first time, for them, technology is just a product as if they are walking to a Home Depot and they are simply grabbing that. Okay, it might be slightly more complicated than that, but typically they are not thinking that they are buying an IT system. And if, Damon, and you have been around the block for a very long time, if you had to buy this IT system back in, let's say, uh, 1990 or 2000, oh my goodness, your IT guy is going to give this uh, you know, large form and there are going to be at least 1,000 different checkpoints that you yeah. have to make and each decision is going to have some sort of implications on, on your IT system. Definitely. Sure, in 2020, I get it that things are uh, slightly easier. You can get the subscription. You can, you can, you can do a lot of things easier. Uh, an average SMB uh, you know, company can utilize this information to be able to purchase. But the, the implications, the system, the IT hasn't changed. It, it's, it's still the same. It's still very complex. It's not supposed to be easy, okay? So one of the things that you can do to go easy on yourself is just to embrace that it is probably going to be difficult. So number one, I mean, spend some time in researching yourself. Figure out, you know, how to work with the consultant because if you don't know how to work with a consultant, uh, they sort of become this Compliance culture is what my friends like to, uh, you know, define the term. Uh, you know, so they become very compliant to 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 you because at, at the end of the day, Damon, you let's say if I'm working as a consultant, if I'm working with the manufacturer, and if manufacturer does not really have enough understanding of the IT system, and if I'm going to challenge on on a couple of things, and after that, you know what they are going to say, uh, I'm I'm not really getting a good bite, then I'm gonna back off, and I'm gonna simply. <laughs> listen to whatever they are saying. So sometimes what these vendors do is they become very compliant. And when you can become compliant, that's a challenge. That's a yeah. problem, especially in case of IT system, because there are actually real implications overall that a lot of small to medium sized businesses don't realize. So number one thing, just embrace the selection process. There is There are a lot of things that you need to think through before, uh, before you select an ERP system, even if you are, let's say, building a website, right? As you uh, correctly pointed out, there are going to be at least 10 to 15 different channels that you need to consider. And the more customer you sign, the more channels you are going to get. If you are mm -hmm. signing larger customers, they are probably going to be on one of the vendor system or the punch out system. Yeah. Uh, if you are uh, you know, dealing with Amazon, as you know, Amazon has two or three different, um, uh, completely different fulfillment cycles. I mean, yeah. they have 
from the business perspective, they are completely different. That has your implications on the ERP system, the fulfillment system. Uh, so if you are, let's say, if you are not thinking about integrating all of these pieces, if you're not thinking about the holistic picture when you are purchasing a purchasing a system, and if you are thinking that, you know what, it's going to be a very small piece of software, then you know that is definitely going to fire back. And that's what yeah. we see in most cases, just because, uh, you know, especially when people are buying the ERP system for the first time, we have seen the failure rate to be roughly 70 to 80%. So oh there is a my. saying that oh they, my. yeah, in case of ERP, I think the failure rate is going to be roughly 50% in, in general, okay? Uh, in If somebody is buying for the first time, and that's given just because they don't understand what they are getting into, yeah. uh, it, it's just hard. So the failure rate is going to be much higher for people who are buying for the, the next time they implement, they are going to be way nicer because now they know that I'm probably building a house. So I need to be nice yeah. to my contractor. I'm building my airport. I need to be nice to my my, uh, my contractor yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So overall understanding of the process is one thing that we typically notice in, in the selection process that people don't understand. Uh, but there are so many different variables, so we can yeah. dig deeper into each but, of those. But you know, talking about selection, I think, and and I would show Paul's Paul's coming to us from Bellingham. I know that that's a beautiful place up there. So I uh, wanted to get that in quick. But on the selection process, I think one thing that that honestly people don't understand when they're going to look at any kind of system like this, I don't care if it's a CRM or an ERP system, yeah. is that they don't know their own business processes. Exactly, well <laughs> they don't have them written down. You know, exactly. they got. Damon's been doing the order entry or whatever the heck he's been doing. And it's, you know, that's just what it is. And, and we don't have it written down to train somebody else. And when you don't have that, it, it really, how do you actually select a system that's going to help you do that if you don't know how you do it that much? And then it becomes a lot of personal opinion. But, uh, and, and that's great that you say that because it's what I've found and it drives a lot of extra costs. And we'll get to that later. So great, great stuff on the selection. And Paul said too that, you know, failure rate is high as 60%. And I, it's not good, man. It, it, it is, it is brutal. It is brutal to, to implement a new ERP system. That's for sure. And that's why I think people live with really crappy ones for a lot longer than they should as well. Yeah, um, just because they're scared of it, and and I know people like you can help them do that, and and technology is probably included a lot. So when you when you talk about implementation, what are some of the things that you see on the implementation phase that really run run people ragged or run into problems with? So yeah, so it's a it's a chain, right? So when you talk about the selection, if you don't actually do the the job during the selection process, so you actually <clears throat> hit on the right point. So before you install any sort of e-commerce system or any sort of ERP system or CRM, it doesn't matter which system you are installing. There is a process in which you have to go through your business simplification phase, okay? And it's almost like, uh, you know, defining your blueprint, defining your architecture. When you are building a house, irrespective of whether you are building a house or airport or, uh, or uh, you know, a city, okay? You would not do that in the plain engineering term before you have the architecture refined on a piece of paper, unless yep. you have roles and responsibilities defined of different systems. In case of IT systems, typically majority of these small to medium-sized businesses, they just bypass that process. And the point that you were trying to bring, Damon, is, hey, I have been doing my business this way. 
Can you simply enable this in, in the next system? If you do that, obviously that's not gonna work. Number one, that increases the cost of the implementation. Number two, if you don't know what you are asking your technical guy to do, they are very good at engineering. They are very good at creating yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. They just like to solve the problems. They are going to solve the problem, but that is going to cost you a lot of money. These guys don't understand dollars. They, yeah. they, as soon as you talk about dollars, they are going to run away, I'm telling you. <laughs> yes, that's a good point because it, it, it is really not what you can do, but what you should do and you should know what you should do before that. And you talked about the business blueprint. I think that's that's really key not to try to a before you do the selection. Really, you should have your business blueprint, but then it, it will save you a lot of money uh, and other resources on the implementation phase for sure. That's great. So now when we're when we're looking at the, the business blueprint, when you're talking about the implement, the integration. Now, that's the thing that that you've got to run into a lot where they've got a, a separate CRM system or they've got, you know, like I said, a website where people are placing orders or they've got an EDI to different customers or suppliers. So what do you see the challenges that people run into when they're um, doing having problems with the integration? So typically when they evaluate any system, they are going to ask a very simple question and that's a, that's almost like a checklist, okay? So they are going to say, okay, I'm buying my CRM system. Hey, as part of my evaluation list, what I have compiled is, can it integrate with the ERP system? And my vendor is going to say, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, and yeah. when you say integrate, it could mean a lot of different things. It's not supposed to be this binary answer. Okay, integration is almost like your development project, to be honest. You need to understand both sides of the interfaces. You need to be able to translate that. You need to be able to map. You need to be able to, able to test. So it's almost like you are actually writing an ERP system. So integration is not supposed to be easy. That is not supposed to be taken lightly by any means. So this is something when people are buying, let's say they are thinking about integration. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can integrate. Don't worry about it. I've already asked that question. We are covered. <laughs> let's move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and my CRM is installed. Now, once you install the CRM, my salespeople are not going to be able to see my inventory. Okay. Yeah. Hey, my order is here and I have no idea what I'm selling. <laughs> I have no yeah. idea whether it is, uh, you know, uh, in my warehouse or not, then you are going to, uh, you know, your pricing is not going to be integrated. Your customer data is not going to be integrated. Uh, and by the way, I mean, see, even if you, let's say you, you find a tool and they might claim that they are integrated, they might, let's say, do one data field or a couple of data yeah. fields. And they might say that, you know what, I'm fully integrated. You know, you can do whatever you want here, but you need to be able to sort of see the demo. Okay, how deeply integrated it is with any system. Doesn't matter whether you are talking about integration of, uh, you know, e-commerce to ERP. And typically, if you are creating your own integration, that's where we see majority of the problems. The reason why we see majority of the problems in case of integration, typically when anybody is doing the integration, they are going to have this one expertise. Let's say if you are asking your e-commerce guy to do the integration, what they are going to do, their perspective is going to be very e-commerce. They don't mm -hmm. understand what is happening in the world of accounting. They don't understand what is happening in the world of procurement. They don't understand what is happening in the world of engineering and how their decisions are going to impact the other department. So they don't necessarily have that, that business architecture is what I like to call. You know, a customer is a customer for the entire organization. In your case, you might have the e-commerce customer, CRM customer, ERP customer, and these customers are completely independent. They have no idea yeah. what... 
Yes. <laughs> so yeah, a- that's for sure. That's for sure. And it, and you, you make a good point is you said one thing here. That I think that that is a, a key question is how deeply can you integrate and how, and, and then back again to the blueprint is how much do you need to integrate? You should understand that in your blueprint and, and yeah, until you go through, and this is kind of a side note until you go through, even when someone says, yeah, we can do EDI or we can do API interface and we do it all the time. That doesn't mean it's something like you just plug a, plug a, <laughs> uh, a, a light, uh, you know, a power cord into the wall. It's like, there's a lot of work to get yeah. them to talk. You said, yeah. you said the mapping, the translating, the testing, yeah. there's a ton of work that, that it takes to just see, even if they say they'll go APDA, API to API, will they, will they transmit the right data? Will they transmit it exactly. on the frequency you need to, exactly. or do you have enough custom fields to make sure you can get all the data transferred from one side to the other? Cause one might have not the fields you can. So then you got to look at custom fields and well, I can't, if I don't have enough of them, can <laughs> I even, you know, there's, there's just, just that one little thing. So you, yeah. your, your question here is so relevant for people. How deeply can you integrate with your critical systems or customers or suppliers and just make sure that that's, that's answered better. And again, and back to the business blueprint, I think if they know how deeply they need to integrate at those interfaces, it will, it's something you could help them with or something they need to detail out themselves really to a, a really finite level uh, to be able to do it. So awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff on that. So, now, what should seem simple is what are some of the things when you upgrade a system that that people run into? Because, I mean, you'd think like we think of upgrading software, you just think plug it in and go. <laughs> but but uh, but in the systems, I mean, what are some of the challenges that that people are unexpected? Because I got to I got to almost envision myself in a business here and I've got an IT person and we've, our ERP system needs to be upgraded. So they're going to do it over a weekend. And, and we're just like everybody. Yep. They've talked to the customer, the, the software supplier, the ERP supplier. And they say, yep, this is the way you knew they've worked it all out. They're going to do it on Saturday or Sunday. And, and we're going to come back in on Monday and, and we come back in on Monday and we have that, uh, you know, little notes on the computers or, or e- emails out to the whole company that says, sorry, but you can't log in today. Um, <laughs> so, or until we fix it. So yeah. what are the kind of things that you run into that, that people need to consider that will help them to prevent that? Well, so number one, figure out how not to upgrade because upgrade is hard in general. <laughs> okay, and let me give you some numbers here. Let me give you yeah, some yeah. numbers here. When you talk about upgrade number one, you have to talk about what you are upgrading. So each module, each component that you have in the software could be completely different. They could have different upgrade cycle and those upgrade cycle need to align. It's almost like, it's almost like, let me give you some more numbers here, right? Yeah, then you yeah. will probably understand. So yeah. a typical sales order screen, okay, on the e-commerce system, or let's talk about ERP system because yeah. they are slightly more complex. They have a lot more business rules than, than, a, than a comparable e-commerce system, right? Yeah. So a sales order, typically on the ERP system, if you're talking about decent size uh, ERP system, they typically touch 200 different tables, yeah. okay? 200 different tables, okay? And, and a smaller ERP system, they are probably going to have 200 tables in, in total. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are talking about one screen, okay? 
And each of those tables could have roughly, let's say 200 different fields in each of those tables. So now yeah. we are talking about how many, like 40,000, some yeah. attributes, right? And let's say if they have 40,000 lines of code, okay? And let's say if you make one change in line, okay? And if you have to merge, the way upgrade works is you have to look at both of the lines, okay, what was changed? And then you have to go through the upgrade cycle. That's why it is so difficult. So anytime you make any changes in the code in any software that has to go through that merge process. So if you are upgrading something, number one question that you have to ask, okay, why are you upgrading? Why can, can you not auto upgrade this? And typically when you are going to rely on the out of the box, box functionality from your OEM, then what is going to happen is they are going to take care of all of this pain for you, okay, in the background. But if you are, uh, you know, adventurous. And then what you are going to do is you are going to over customize your ERP yeah, system yeah. or CRM system. Then the fun, you are going to have that fun as opposed to your, your software provider having that fun. Because now you have your customization, you have written your code, you are thinking that it's just easy. But then you have to consume that code that is actually coming uh, from the, the other side, right? So yeah. the upgrade process is extremely complex. The more, see, if you are a manufacturer, distributor, retailer, Guys, you are business people, <laughs> okay? Your company is not defined by the IT or business systems. Don't worry about that. Give it to somebody else who is really good at that, right? They have the processes set up. They have the capacity set up. So the more you transfer this responsibility to them, the less you customize, the more you simplify your business, the easier life you are going to have to be able to do the business. Figure out how you can be creative inside the system. You can have all those crazy business rules inside that system itself. If you figured, okay, my system is the, the benchmark and I'm actually starting from my business. What can I do in the system from the business perspective? Ask your consultant, they'll be super creative. That's the real use of their creativity. Then customizing something yeah. that is going to cause a lot of pain and expenses, admin effort, and that's gonna be super bottleneck to your growth. Yeah, yeah, the, you are right. And I've seen those applications where people have taken the systems and customized them to the point to where you can upgrade. You just can't because it, they've made, like you said, a tremendous amount of change to get something that they thought was critical at the point. And now they don't realize that that lives with them forever. Um, Paul made a comment here real, real quick. He said, cloud ERP will solve that. It will definitely solve some of it. That's for sure. Yep. But if, if it's, if it's cloud-based and you can't modify it, yeah, that's, that's what you're talking about is if you keep it, the if you keep it, uh, uh, the original yeah. and the original works for you, you're much better off, which I agree wholeheartedly because there are some of these systems have obviously, as you know, there's companies that are set up just to customize the systems <laughs> and they, they do a, a really good job of customizing the systems, which is nice in yeah. some, in some cases, if that's what you need, but in other cases where you don't need it, it's just added expense. And, you know, I've seen, not that big a company spend multi-million dollar budgets on on their ERP system implementation yeah. when you go you know that's it's just it's just overkill because yeah. they can do something and they do do something and it and it the customization and then what you live with after is really a killer for them so that's great that I I like that that statement figure out how not to upgrade. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah. Why, you know, we're talking about upgrades. Yeah. Figure out how not to upgrade. That's good. 
<laughs> or like you said, let the, if the, the system is the system and it's not been customized, well, then you don't have nearly as much risk. Or if you're running a cloud ERP, like Paul says, I think yep. you, you're a lot better off. Now, there was something else that we, we had talked about, and I want to get into this briefly, too, because I think it's really important um, when we talk about business architecture and enterprise architecture. Yeah. So can you explain them, first of all, a little bit, and then we'll talk about it just a minute. So enterprise architecture is slightly more technical term that I don't know if business people should be worried about. Okay, let's yeah. talk about the business architecture first. So it yeah. doesn't matter. I like to take out the tool from the argument or the ERP or CRM e-commerce. It doesn't yeah. matter what you are doing, okay? From the business perspective, you have your, your business objects, okay? Those business objects uh, sort of stay in your business architecture. Your customer is a customer. Your vendor is a vendor. Your price is a price. Now, if you have price living in three different places inside your, your business architecture, your architecture is not going to be very aligned. Let's take an example of your organization. For example, in your organization, you have your marketing guy, you have your sales guy, you have your HR guy, you have your accounting guy. And typically when you set up a company, you are going to define the roles and responsibility of each of those so that they don't end up stepping on each other. This is how your business architecture works. In case of business architecture, you are going to have key component of your business architecture, which is going to be your, your stakeholders. The main stakeholders are going yeah. to be, let's say your customers, vendors, your items, your price list, you know, how your bombs are going to be. Those are your key components. Now, how that is going to go through your business process, that's a process. So once you actually align and refine your business architecture, figure out how you can streamline that. For example, let's take an example of, uh, you know, how you are going to define your payment terms. Now, payment term, irrespective of whether you accept the payment in your e-commerce system or ERP system or, you know, CRM system, it is one payment term. So from the business architecture perspective, you should outline this, okay, irrespective of the system, I'm going to have, these are the components that I'm going to have as part of my business architecture. Now, if my tool needs, okay, I, you need to go to the business architecture guy, okay, Hey, business architecture guy. Okay, if I have a specific functionality, should this reside inside my e-commerce? Should this reside inside my CRM? Should this reside inside ERP? And each of these tools are amazing. They are designed for a purpose. Now, if you don't understand what each of these tools are supposed to do, uh, then it's a problem. Then you sort of overstep, right? But if you mm -hmm. define the clear boundary, the way your, your blueprint is designed on a piece of paper, e-commerce is, is supposed to be doing e-commerce. It's not supposed to be doing the job of the e ERP guy. ERP yeah. is supposed to be doing the ERP. It's not supposed to be doing the uh, the other thing. So so the what business architecture does is it's almost like a blueprint of these different systems and components. Okay. And then it actually defines the interaction, the relationship between those systems at a very high level. Okay, okay, these are the data elements that they should be exchanging. Yep. Should it be, you know, back and forth, how that is going to be defined, right? And then enterprise architecture is going to be slightly more technical concept that you have, which is going to be, okay, how these components are going to be laid out in overall technical architecture, how these components are going to be designed. Um, that is enterprise architecture. But business architecture is without any technology, without any tools. It's really business, uh, you know, logic that you have in your business that needs to be streamlined before you introduce a tool in your architecture. Yeah, yeah, I see. So the, the business architecture is really kind of a, a, a simple overview of the systems that you're going to use that you need to integrate, obviously, with your with amongst themselves in that, but and and you're defining the data that needs to flow between them at the appropriate level. And really the enterprise architecture are the different 
things that you're going to use, whether it's software, whether it's hardware to move the data back and forth and make them talk. Am exactly. I kind of that? Close. Okay. Let me give you Close. one more example. Yeah, Probably good. it'll make it easier, right? So, good, so good. let's say if I'm building the house and if I hire the architect, architect's job is really to draw the house on a piece of paper. Yep. They are not going to worry about, okay, how your door is going to appear or how your door is going to be interacting with the bedroom. They are not worried about the details. They are simply worried about, okay, if you are constructing the, the this house in this property, okay, are you compliant with the city guidelines? Uh, they want to make sure that you are not breaking any, any sort of yeah. city rules. Right, so they design this on the piece of paper. That probably would be your business architecture. When you get into more of the, let's say, you design a model house. To in case of house, probably you don't need to design the model house. But let's say if you're constructing an airport or a bridge or a, a bigger, uh, you know, construction uh, yep. property, then you need yep. to design a model, some sort of model. Again, that's not the real technology that you are uh, probably building. It's probably going to be some sort of model that you are designing. Uh, mm -hmm. So that is probably going to give you a little bit of enterprise architecture. Uh, perspective. I, I don't know if this is a close example, but th this is the closest that I, I can probably get. No, no, that's that's good because it's it's more of the technical details behind the business art that support the business architecture. So yep. good. So when you when you look at this and you go, okay, what are what are some of the things that that really mess with your business and your enterprise architecture as you as it relates to the the ARPs? So the biggest problem with any software is the, the issue of invisibility. You don't really see anything, okay, in case of business. In case of when you are building the house, if you are not building a wall appropriately, you are going to see that. Yep. Okay, if you have plumbing problem, your plumbing plumber is going to complain because plumber is probably going to be certified by the city that you are not supposed to be doing something that is not going to be compliant with the city guidelines. Otherwise, you are going to kill people. Uh, yep. In case of electrician, they are probably going to be certified. They are going to go through the courses before they can touch your 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 electricity. In case of software, you don't. Number one, you don't see it. Number two, you don't know how bad your plumbing is. To be honest. And sometimes you are simply creating this this patch because uh, the there is going to be a disconnect between your your technical team and the business team, and because of that, you know it's going to be all over the place. The architecture is going to be all over the place. For example, let's say if you are talk you talk about ERP, sometimes e on 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 top of ERP you are writing eight hundred different reports. Now, do you need those 800 reports? Uh, you have four different IT guys in your organization. Uh, the, the only thing they are doing is writing these reports. Maybe you can replace that ERP, and uh, you know those the ERP system is probably going to come with those 800 reports. Yeah. So this is the this is so so when you take a very tool focused approach, very technology focused approach. Hey, I'm looking for this one. Can you solve this problem? They are going to solve this problem without actually thinking about your business architecture, without actually thinking about okay how your house is going to sort of interact with all of this data. So let's say in this particular case, your sales is asking for a report. They are typically the consumer of the information, right? And and typically, if sales is going to ask, that report is going to be uh, you know produced right away. So if they are asking for this report, uh, you know, it's going to reside, let's say, in the ERP system, uh, and you know, sometimes it might take days or or months uh, worth of effort in designing that report, uh, and you are going to be spending so much time. But what you could do is you can think about, okay, which are my components? What are the data set that I'm actually expecting from different systems, and which are is the system that is going to be responsible for this specific report, as yeah. opposed to putting everything in, in ERP or e-commerce or wherever, whichever system. It doesn't matter which system you are you are building. But you need to clarify the roles and responsibility the way you would in your organization. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think you're right. It's it's unclear roles is is in clarifying those roles and what the systems are going to do um, is a big part of that. So when when you're called upon, what what are some of the interesting things that you've had to solve with the ERP system? <laughs> just what what's one that just goes, oh man, I never thought I would be able to have to do this. It's always fun, okay? And the kind of things that we see, and I was I'm going back to my broken plumbing example or broken, or broken yeah. foundation example. Uh, it's so much fun. Okay, let me give you the example of the recent engagement. So in this particular engagement uh, that we have, uh, they have uh, you know three or four different entities. They are 80% distribution, 20% uh, manufacturing. Number one, the ERP system that they have is not necessarily designed for distribution. Uh, they okay. don't even understand how the the supply chain planning works for distribution. To be honest, oh, so wow. they installed a manufacturing uh, you know system. Now they cannot replace because this is PE owned and PE has the liquidity event. Yeah. So now they somehow have to live with that. Now they keep acquiring the companies all the time. Now, when they are acquiring, so they are sort of going in the reverse direction. Okay. So right now, their finance team does not use ERP. Okay. They are, oh my. They are paying a lot of money for the ERP. Okay. Their finance team does not use ERP. So they are always relying on their IT to provide the information. Again, going back to my report example, this hell of report in a company is always the, the biggest time sucker, biggest yeah. uh, you know, yeah. money sucker. So my finance is not using who's who's supposed to be driving the ERP initiative, by the way. Okay, uh, my sales is not using the ERP system. Can you believe this? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so sales is not using the uh, procurement does not know how to use the system. The only consumer we have for the ERP system is IT. Okay, is that really a ERP system then? The adoption rate in this engagement is less than 20%. They are paying 100% for the license. They have seven people in the IT department right now. The only thing they do is EDI mapping back and forth, and they do report day in, day out. That's their job. Now, they have 15 different software. Anytime procurement has a problem, they are being prospected by a, a, you know, a startup, and they are trying to sell the procurement tool. A tool may be able to do very small things. Now, this tool is not going to integrate with your ERP. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So they have like 15 to 16 different tools. And right now, Damon, from the business perspective, it's crazy because they don't have centralized visibility of the inventory. Okay, <laughs> and and there are some funny instances where, let's say, if a sales guy is holding the inventory for a customer, uh, and and the other salesperson is actually trying to sell the same inventory which is already sold. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> there is no centralized allocation because once you actually uh, grow, let's say, uh, you know, ten million, twenty million dollar, thirty, forty yeah. million dollar. If you are, you know, one guy in company, you know, four people maybe, then you don't have uh, as much problem. But let's say if you go after. 10 million, 20 million, 30 million, you definitely have to have that centralized control of the inventory because there are going to be real issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, when we used to run multiple facilities in the companies I managed, I mean, that, that inventory out of raw materials or a finished product, it's critical because you don't, you know, if you can't ship out of one location, you ship out of another. If you need raw materials, there's going to be times when you need to share them. Yeah. Not having access to that is is like running with you know it's it's like i don't know trying to play a handball without a hand almost it's just not, it's going to be very difficult wow that's that's an interesting situation for sure and it, you know but it's it's also i mean i think when people look at erp systems in general they don't understand the cost that if it's done wrong or if you don't take the time to plan and implement 
uh, like you should, because it's yeah. one of those things. It's like death by a thousand cuts because it just, it just, it's uh, here, there and everywhere. And like you said, sometimes, um, do you know, and I look at reports, I've always been, you know, a minimalist when it comes to running business. And I always yeah. look at why do we run 800 reports? Because how, how many of them get run and emailed to somebody or God forbid, printed out and, and delivered to someone yeah. uh, that never, that never really do anything other than, Oh, that's nice. And that's <laughs> it. I mean, cause I, how many, okay, really, really, how many reports do you think in a business do that? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> And, and even if it wasn't nice, it, because this is even worse, oh, that's not so good. They put yeah. the report down, same thing, and it didn't cause any action one way or the other. It, it's just wasted effort. Yeah. It's wasted effort. Mm -hmm. And, and it, goes, it goes unchecked because, you know, it's automatic. It goes by email. It, you know, blah, 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 blah. But every bit of that has a cost. It has a cost in the time yeah. for the person to read it. It's got a cost in the time for to maintain it. And all these things just add up so much. And when I look at these ERP systems, especially in big organizations, yeah. there have to be from a, from an operational standpoint, there have to be tremendous amounts of money available. If you do this right, even in an existing situation where you're going to go in and optimize. Now, do you get called into those situations where you optimize a lot or just because it's not working well or is that just like, no, because people don't even think about that? No, those are the most common situations. They are going to have a business problem, and that's why they are inviting us, to be honest. And that might result into the net new opportunity as well. Uh, yeah. But those are the most common situations where either they have uh, a lot of expenses or they are not able to really do their inventory, uh, yeah. or they are running into uh, the the inventory allocation is typically um, always the the uh, the. Um, the biggest issue, uh, then we run into a lot of waste, uh, then their bombs are not really optimized. They sort of know that, you know, the way their bombs are structured, it's just, um, it's it's really not working. They, they kind of know in their hearts uh, that the way their manufacturing process is, uh, system is doing something else. You know, they don't even understand, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, how the physical process and, and the system processes are. Um, yeah. So we get called into those. Uh, sometimes we get called when uh, these companies decided to do the ERP implementation by themselves. Uh, and then, you know, they spent roughly six months, uh, they spent a million dollars. Uh, and then, you know, they are asking us, okay, can you align uh, the, the business architecture? Because I sort of know what these guys are working on, but I'm yeah. not sure if I'm going to get anything out of it. And when we look at the development plan, the customization plan, they, and I'm talking about the recent engagement, they have 230 line items there for the customization. Damon, I'm going to give you an example, and I'm not here to frighten anybody, to be honest. Uh, there was a distributor that we were working with. It was roughly, what, $40, 50000000 million, uh, you know, uh, company, and they had roughly 80 customizations, okay? Just wow. 80 stories. And, and what they did is they actually tried to um, just UI changes, okay? What they wanted to do is they felt that the newer ERP system that they bought, it was not friendly enough for them to be able to use. So they wanted to do 80 customizations. Now, when they actually decided these uh, to implement these stories, they just didn't know what they were getting into, okay? Yeah. Uh, they, they tried to do this for roughly two years, three years. The project never went live. They keep uh, kept funding money. And finally, the business ran out of business because they were spending a lot of time in doing the IT work when they should be selling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. in this particular case, they are talking about 80 different stories. Now, 
I'm, I'm actually involved in a new engagement as of today. Okay, they have 230 different line items. They bought, and again, this is not a jab on any vendor. They bought Microsoft Nav, uh, and Microsoft Nav has its own positioning in the market. What it is supposed to be doing now? When you look at uh, you know businesses like winery or brewery, they have a very different way of the way they, they, these businesses yeah. work. They yeah. have different way of doing the contracts. They have different regulations. The state state regulations are going to be different. The way they carry their inventory is different. The way they do their accounting. Now, if IERP guy is going to say, you know what, I'm a software guy. I can design any software out in the world. I can solve any business business problem sure you can but what is going to be the cost of that yeah 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 that's <laughs> so, for sure uh, here uh, they have been in this implementation for what more than six to eight months and now they are asking us and i'm like guys i would rather not get involved in this engagement <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but then you know they, they want our help so obviously we, we need to help yeah, but it, it but it's a great example of of you really. I think it comes back into the selection process, right? Because yeah. and, and that's that's why I kind of wanted to go through the the steps that we did talking about selection, implementation, integration, and upgrading. Because most people have no idea how much a a customization will cost you over the life of an ERP system, or selecting a system that just doesn't have some of the fundamental things that you need. It's it's yeah. just one of these things that just will, will plague you and plague you and plague you that if you, so the one thing that I, that I will say that you help to explain very well is take your time to set up a business blueprint and correct me if I'm wrong and yeah. make sure your blueprint is good. And then take your time really understanding what that system as you're evaluating systems yeah making sure it's going to do as much as it can without any customization. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, those two things alone seem like that was the big, because a lot of the stuff we're talking about is after the fact that they get to deal with because the system wasn't selected or, you know, wasn't defined what they really needed, wasn't implemented. You know, they didn't select the right one. So uh, great stuff, man. Great stuff. We could go on for a long time. And, and this is, this is about, the the time when we we wrap this thing up but sam elevate iq love the discussion about manufacturing erp uh systems implementations uh challenges solving implementation and system challenges i made the title too long but the information was incredible dude i i just your experience the way that you explain this stuff is so great because I hope that we've been able to give people some information that they go, okay, maybe I should rethink this a little bit before I go in and, and go ahead and do something. So if somebody wants to reach out to you, Sam, what's the best way of, of getting a hold of you? Yeah, it's going to be really easy. My name is super easy, Sam Gupta. It's S A M G U P T A. Uh, you know, super active on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, Elevate IQ is the name of the business. It's E L E V A T iq.com and my email address is going to be sam.gupta at elevateiq.com they can find me on linkedin um you know sam gupta elevate iq or sam gupta wbs rocks very good very good and if someone wants to see the entire if you got in late on the live you want to see the whole thing go ahead it's on my profile matt goosey's here saying nice job thanks a lot matt coming to us from wisconsin big packers fan love to see you um good stuff well sam thanks so much for being here on the faces of business today thanks paul thanks matt uh, everyone else that's listening out there didn't uh, didn't comment in but we love love you listening have a great day everyone thanks a lot sam
Thank you so much, Damon. Really uh, enjoyed talking to you. You bet.